We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, before we get to today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online and Indeed. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined as always by one of the co-owners at Rotoviz, Mr. Sean Siegel. And Sean, along with uh, one of the other co-owners at Rotoviz this week, had had quite a run in the the FFPC main event, along with Curtis Patrick. I was I was rooting hard for you guys as well as rooting hard for our Chase No T team, which unfortunately came up short as well. But uh, a very high place finish for yourself, Sean. And with Stefan Diggs' performance uh, on Monday Night Football, when I went to I seen the stat line. I didn't watch the game. Seen the stat line when I woke up this morning. Seen Stefan Diggs, and I was like, the guys have a chance here because I knew the the points that just needed to get. But of course. We have to factor in the fact that uh, anyone with a Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs stack uh, really, really hyped up those scores this night. So uh, I believe Sean a twelfth place finish overall. But uh, big congratulations to you and Curtis on the, the 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 big run this year. Well, thank you. It was it was a weird night, right? Because we went into the evening in tenth with Stefan Diggs still to play. He scores forty one points, and yet we dropped to twelfth for the exact reasons that you mentioned. We actually needed Diggs. It's just one of those bizarre circumstances where you're, you're almost rooting against the mainstay of your team and like your favorite player because he's going to pull Josh Allen with him. When I was looking at the uh, potential 
movement before the game i was looking at those josh allen teams in the 20 to 30 point range and really hoping the ones another five points back in that 35 point range you know wouldn't be in the mix but of course they were allen with 35 and a half points there that final touchdown pass to stefan diggs actually pulled a couple more teams on top of us and and moved us down from uh, nine or ten there to 12 however there were plenty of silver linings right Blair and I had a team also going that that final touchdown pass pulled us into the top 30 fun to finish in the top 30 extra thousand dollars for finishing up there. So, I mean, it it was very exciting for Blair. It was exciting for us to have that uh, finish. There are two teams in the top 30. It was exciting for our chasing OT team because we entered the night just outside the top 400, which will qualify us for a free entry into next year's FFPC fpc championship and you know digs sort of the mainstay again for our team all season long putting up 41 points pulls us into the top 200 so a top 200 fish finish for the chasing ot team a team that we had a blast co-owning and and running with patrick corain and peter overset of ship chasing fame and just you know to watch this game to watch a guy we've been saying would be the next antonio brown for years now and he goes to buffalo he has this amazing season he finishes it with 41 points in the championship week i don't see how you could ask for anything more this season uh was one of the most fun seasons that i've ever participated in and i think that there were a lot of things about the season we're going to go into those in just a second that's what our show is going to be about today but week 16 i think one of the all-time great weeks in fantasy football history yeah, I think it was, and it it was a unique week. There was uh, some of the some of the games probably didn't live up to the expectation we were hoping for. Some people probably like you know had been riding high on say Derrick Henry. They're probably looking at it from a very different perspective, and it was a terrible week. But overall, we looked through some of these players in a moment uh, between week fourteen and sixteen, and then just basically historically, um, just a huge amount of great performances and quite quite fun as well. The way that it broke down over the it was like you know the couple of days slate obviously you had the the game on on christmas day on friday and then you had some of the saturday night games and then you had also uh the, the full slate on sunday that was remaining and sunday obviously was a bit more uh balanced than it has been some sundays where we have all the games at uh, the early start and then very little you know a couple of games in the late start so it was a really balanced and uh week that went on and each day there was huge high scoring performers which was swinging some slates and swinging how some fantasy championship games uh, were going so a lot of fun over those last couple of last couple of uh, days and of course you know the season in general i think part of it's down to you know the escape from reality of what's going on in the world but i think as well just uh, some of the offensive play we've seen this season has been has been absolutely fantastic so uh, we'll we'll get into it sean look at some of the the kind of people who won fantasy championships for people over the last couple of weeks and uh you know no surprise that alvin kamara jumps into the list at the top spot with 97 points over the last three weeks a lot of that obviously in in the last week but uh, you know just an absolutely amazing performance from him historic uh, six rushing touchdowns or six total touchdowns from him uh, amazing amazing stuff stefan diggs who we mentioned coming in second place at 96.3 points for him so just uh less than one full point behind uh diggs Devontae adams my guy uh 78.9 points obviously three touchdowns uh, this past uh, week as well for him calvin ridley who we all 
love and uh, anyone listening to the show knows that how we feel about him 76 points david montgomery one we're going to touch on in a second i think and uh, he comes in in that fifth spot for the playoff hunt 73.8 points derrick henry then jonathan taylor who's come on really strong at the end of the season went from a player who you know people were thinking was a, a bust halfway through the season to somebody who really produced there over the last couple of weeks uh mike evans with his big performance getting in there as well and somebody sean who we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show based on the the washington uh, backfield and that's jd mckissick coming in with the 69.5 points in the playoffs and that big uh, late touchdown on their game this past sunday um obviously boosting his score quite a bit um but he, he has had a, a strong run here as a kind of zero rb playoff uh you know playoff winner for you but going through that list sean i guess you know kamara is probably <laughs> probably the guy we're going to have to mention but i've seen a number of teams this week that had that uh, kamara evans uh stack which <laughs> if you were facing that it was a, an uphill battle i actually was in a a, a dynasty uh, playoff final who uh, i faced off against uh, the kamara evans stack and uh, unfortunately uh, even with josh allen uh, at quarterback I, I just couldn't get back to uh back to, to grasp it all back I lost by about 15 points in the end up but uh some amazing performances there any that you want to mention in particular all of these guys are so deserving of praise and you mentioned some of the stacks the last week on the show we talked about the perfect draft and that perfect draft from the early slot with Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins, Jonathan Taylor. Unfortunately, Hopkins didn't come through the final week, dropped the touchdown. Not a drop. He, he failed to make what would have been a very tough catch, but a catch that he is so good that he makes look routine. But having Kamara in there to start that off with the 56 points, with the six touchdowns, like you mentioned, it was so exciting on Friday night to watch that, to count them up. You know, each time you're thinking, well, you know, it's it's too good to be true. It won't last. And then it keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. It was very reminiscent of that Jamal Charles game in 2013. And that was the foundation of the week that Curtis and I had. We scored 220 points and only, I say only, it was very exciting to move up this stretch. But from 37th to 12th, you score 220, you think maybe you know, you're know you you're possibly going to move even higher. But this was such an explosive week. Again, talking about stacks, the player who won the FFPC main event had Alvin Kamara, Mike Evans, Stefan Diggs, and Miles Gaskin. So that long touchdown run at the end of the Miami-Las Vegas game really launching him there it was exciting for us it was also sort of exciting as a stefan diggs fan to be rooting for him to actually win the tournament for the guy in first going into the night first and second place separated by two points the person in the lead had Diggs. the person in second had josh allen and the buffalo kicker they so you have allen tyler you're thinking that team is the overwhelming favorite right there's no way that Diggs by himself can hold off those two guys but he holds them off to the point where first and second place decided by less than a point and so to see it play out like that again just for the people at the very top there i know the emotions are are just absolutely crazy colin let's talk about david montgomery for a second here a little bit quiet in that he didn't have any monstrous games but like you mentioned comes in in fifth very solid all the way through 74 points uh during this playoff run and he's someone that 
the tools really picked out. We won't take credit for this. This is great work by Dave Cabin building our strength of schedule streamer, which has some advanced strength of schedule metrics involved in that. And the ability to use it to sort through different sections of the season to see who's faced a difficult schedule, to see who has an easy run coming up. David Montgomery throughout the season had been uh, toward the top every week when we write this year running back report and really cover all running backs. We talk about the opportunity that players had. Montgomery leading in terms of volume, leading in terms of market share of opportunity, and yet those points weren't coming, but he really turned a corner when this schedule softened up at the end. I, I didn't have the opportunity to trade for him myself, but some of our listeners did and, and were excited for them and the finishes that they got yeah where a couple of people actually came in with you know uh, there was kind of an influx you know from after the games on monday sometime after the games on sunday where people were you know messaging uh thanking you know guys like curtis like uh the road of his crew in general um you know just for the content throughout the year sam wallace i seen getting a lot of shout outs but in terms of the content that helped people make some decisions to to lead to win championships uh sacker uh, messaged in to say that he won four championships this season so a major haul coming his way but he was in basically the the advice that came in from that road of his team over the season curtis with the the waiver wire column sam uh, wallace as i mentioned there with the blitz analysis and then uh our podcast sean obviously i'll give the credit to you on that one for the the good content that he's on here but in terms of uh i said you know the decision for him to win his championships is all down to him and he said he owes at least one of them <laughs> that he can't deny uh particularly to this podcast i think it was actually on the the buy low report though i'll have to give uh, a little bit i think it was sam wallace uh had this one that we talked about his article on the show and that was about david montgomery uh, who he bought in week 12 in a trade and i actually had a league where I traded for David Montgomery as well based on that conversation that we had and unfortunately it was that league that I just came up short in uh, over the last week or so but Montgomery not a player who I've been a fan of really uh, for quite some time I remember back to last season we had a debate uh, where you took the Miles Sanders side and I took the David Montgomery side and I think I'd regretted that ever since but this playoff run has uh, shown uh, maybe you know it's, it's one of those ones I think if you've got him in, at week 12 I think we're going to be trying to offload him maybe in the off season. but if we look at what he did this season and you know you mentioned Dave and the, the strength of schedule uh, when we look at the performances you know he did have a soft run here and probably as soft as you can get I know the Packers slowed down Derrick Henry this week but I think a lot of that was down to how the game kind of developed with the Packers getting up early and you know been easier to stop the run then but they had the Packers they had the Lions they had Houston who pretty much everyone can run over uh, they had the Minnesota Vikings in week 15 and they had the Jaguars in week 16 so it was a perfect opportunity to buy uh, he had only one week over 20 points during the first uh, 11 weeks of the season that was 21.7 points in week two against the Giants uh, a lot a lot of low scoring weeks for him um, and averaged over the entire season 17 PPR points per game but uh, only had two two games above that in the first nine weeks of the season so a really strong run here 25 points 27 24 29 and then the 20 this week and some people might have been disappointed by that 20 point performance this week but you know 20 points uh, you're going to take that if you get it most weeks but a lot of people obviously seeing that lineup against the Jaguars and probably thought there was a, an even bigger day there but as you mentioned no huge game but very very consistent in that playoff run and I know a lot of people would have been happy with uh, the outcome based on what they were getting earlier in the season but a huge shout out as you mentioned there to Dave Cabin for the, the strength of schedule and Montgomery um, 
somebody who Sean we probably wouldn't have been uh, saying was going to be a league winner maybe at, at week four or five, but uh, having the advanced tools on the site helped uh, you know pinpoint that. And I think uh, it's great for the listeners to obviously get the the use of the tools and win those leagues, but it's also uh, just fantastic to have access to those. Of course, you can get access to them over on rotoviz.com. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be at their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the people you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try out Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA is back in action as football is heading for the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still bet on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you have every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head on over to Bet Online today and take advantage of the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use our promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The The next thing I want to discuss on the show is kind of historical between the year 2000 and the year 2020. So we have a 20-year sample size of top wide receiver performances in that playoff period of week 14 through 16. Um, there's a couple, of, a couple of very interesting names in there, some of them uh, in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know some of some of the best wide receivers of all time obviously make this list and we have Odell Beckham from 2014 his rookie campaign at 110 points he is uh, well above even the, the the next the next list names in this list but in third place slots our guy Stefan Diggs so big big, uh, big that just shows how big of a week it was for him this past week other names on the list are you know the likes of Randy Moss Marvin Harrison uh, Michael Thomas from uh, a couple of years back um you know just just big big performances Terrell Owens with that big playoff run that he had all the way back in 2000 so um what was your thoughts on just the impact of Diggs I know he's somebody we talk about a lot but I guess when he's winning championships like this we have to mention him but he has been somebody since his uh rookie rookie campaign that you know road of his has, has been very very high on and it feels like you know the Vikings I know they got Justin Jefferson and you know they have already replaced Diggs, but you can't really say that they have won on this trade based on how good Diggs has been, how the Vikings are missing the playoffs, how the Bills are, uh, you know, division champs and are heading for the playoffs and have pretty strong hopes in the AFC. So, uh, what's what's like, you know, looking at this list, your your overall thoughts on Diggs again? When you look at at the list of players that Diggs 
has made here in terms of the fantasy playoffs. We see some massive performance, like you mentioned, with Odell Beckham. His rookie season there, I think, is going to probably always stand as the greatest wide receiver performance in the fantasy playoffs. But you have Terrell Owens, you have Michael Thomas from last year. We think about Michael Thomas's season and how it really launched him to start him, moved him into a first-round pick and redraft, moved him up the board in Dynasty to be the number one wide receiver. It'll be interesting to see, and we'll talk about that with Diggs a little bit later in the show, but Antonio Bryant, Andre Johnson, Randy Moss, Brandon Marshall, Marvin Harrison, the real stars of the wide receiver position over the last couple of decades. So to be number three overall in a 21-year period in terms of the top scores, he really emphasizes what he has done. You mentioned the situation with the Vikings and how they have in some ways won that trade with Justin Jefferson and how he looks like he will be the next superstar in the NFL. And they have him as a very young player, control him at a better contract price, all of those kinds of things. And yet the big takeaway from this, I think, is that the Vikings have some issues in that when you have a player like Stefan Diggs, it's never a great sign for the team when the problems kind of work both ways. Now, we know that Diggs is very excited for himself. I think that maybe this performance during the fantasy playoffs is the first time that I was so excited for him that I honestly said I probably like him more than he likes himself. Maybe that's still a competition there. And when someone likes themselves as much as Stefan Diggs does, that can rub some people the wrong way, that can cause some problems. Obviously, that boiled over at a point last year and they weren't able to save the relationship. As a player and as a teammate, I think that you definitely bear some responsibility there. But when you look at the differences in the coaching staffs and how the Vikings are trying to really enact a very specific plan that doesn't take their personnel into the equation, and they want to do things in a very set way, and we've seen this season how their defense has not been up to snuff, their coaching staff that wants to rely on that defense then has to make adjustments they're not comfortable with. It's fortunate for them that they actually do have such dynamic offensive players and they've been able to score some points. But you contrast that with the Buffalo Bills, who also have a defensive head coach, a young head coach, who now looks like he is going to be one of the ascending stars uh, in terms of the coaching community in the entire NFL. And the differences in terms of what he has done with Josh Allen and taking this team and turned it into a passing team, really staying with what the NFL and what the analytics will tell you to do, right? And not only that, but taking advantage of the players that they have and deploying them and trying to get the most out of them. The difference in the way that the Vikings tried to limit Diggs and how the Bills have tried to make him the focal point of the offense and really use him and get the most value you can out of him. That's a big contrast. And so I think that we have to praise the Bills and what they've done, how they've allowed Josh Allen to really develop, how they've pushed him to develop. All through the offseason, the rhetoric was, okay, well, our team is ready to win a Super Bowl. Let's see what Josh Allen can do. They didn't back away from this idea of saying, you know, Allen needs to be better, right? They didn't try and cover up for him or say, it's not a big deal. We'll, we'll win regardless. You know, he just can do what he does. No, they said he needs to be a star. He needs to lead us there. He needs to take the next step. And we're going to go out and get the player he needs to help him do that. Now, Josh Allen deserves a phenomenal amount of credit for what has happened here as well, because uh, he's emerged as I think the pretty clear-cut second-best quarterback in the NFL after Patrick Mahomes. Now, Aaron Rodgers, probably the slight favorite to win the MVP this season. We can't take anything away from him. But what Allen can do, rolling out, scrambling, rushing for those first downs, 
forcing the defense to defend some of these read options and then the arm strength with the accuracy is almost unparalleled we see it from Mahomes. we hardly see it from anyone else hopefully justin herbert can emerge as someone who can do some of those similar types of things he's had a rookie season that has been phenomenal in terms of the things that he's been able to do especially on a team that maybe is struggling in some of those coaching areas but allen here to Diggs now is i think the premier combination in the nfl again along with aaron Rodgers and Devonte adams to see Diggs do this has been exciting and also ties back into a conversation we had several weeks ago where we were looking at the scoring from weeks 12 to week 16 which we kind of consider the ffpc playoffs right weeks 12 and 13 the league championships weeks 14 through 16 the race for the big money at the same time that normal leagues are having their fantasy playoffs so week 14 to week 16 also a big emphasis the wide receivers are actually scoring in big numbers as well and now with 2020 in the books we can say that even more definitively because week 16 really launched a lot of players up into that conversation so column as we look at some of these guys and we look at the top performances for wide receivers in the last 20 years just in week 16 we find that these three 40 point games we got this weekend they aren't at the top but they are three of the best 10 finishes in that entire time period so Terrell Owens at the top with a 55-point game in 2000. Amani Toomer, an interesting name there, with 48 points in 2002. Adam Thielen, 2016, 45 points. Antonio Brown, not a surprise to be on the list in 2018. He put up 44.5. Des Bryant, and then we get the guys from this season where Devontae Adams with 43, Stephon Diggs with 41. Inquan Bolden sneaks in there, 2007, but then Mike Evans with 40 points. So, We have three 40-point performers in week 16 of this season. How do you put some of these performances in context? And just what are your thoughts to have had three guys go off for 40 points in this final week? Well, it's pretty incredible when you look through the list, you know, the over those performances, they're well spread out in terms of the years that they happened and then three of them happening this year. Uh, no other year with more than one uh, in the list. So it's uh, really, really impressive. The guys that did it too, the thing that is impressive is that it's not just, you know, some fluky plays where you know long touchdowns led to somebody really piling up that there there was obviously big long you know long plays in this here amount of points but it wasn't shock players it's guys that you know were going in those kind of first five six rounds off drafts you know you know evans and adams going higher than digs this year but uh, hugely impressive uh, performances and i think what it shows as well is um this year defenses i don't think i don't think it's a surprise to anyone you know that they have haven't been as good and there has been some more mistakes made uh, maybe it's down to training camp maybe it's down to less uh practice depending on how the, the protocols are going with covid but um very very impressive to see those guys in there and obviously that links in as well to the full season points um having stefan diggs and Devonte adams uh close to that top end off the list the 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 one that actually misses out on that kind of top 10 list is evans who didn't make it in even based on his fall season scoring uh, and points per game versus the other guy so uh, when we look at it we have Devontae adams who topped it only only 13 games 
uh, for him this season with the injuries missed out on a, a couple of games but a 26.45 points per per game and ppr scoring which is incredible next closest is tyreek hill 21.93 and then Diggs at 20.93 um, incredible stuff from adams you know it is just a pity he missed those couple of games because i think this could have been it is going to be an all-time season when it's all said and done but i think this could have been just absolutely incredible uh, the one thing that's amazing about him at the moment is the the defense know that that's where the packers are going and they, they kind of can't really do a huge amount about it um hell with a really strong season again then Diggs, then ridley then hopkins and metcalf who had his breakout year um the other player that's in it that probably you know we could call out is keenan allen who's had a a solid year but has been pretty inconsistent you mentioned um you know having uh, herbert as the, the young quarterback and what he's done as a rookie you know even if we look at mahomes in the second year if we look at josh allen through his early season, uh, early career progression is kind of outshone both of those so it'll be interesting to see if there's if there's any second year leap from him uh it's going to be it's going to be an astonishing season next year from him so um it's, it's really interesting to see those young guys develop and then we have a couple of very young guys uh, and justin jefferson and uh, aj brown uh, top and 16 points per game just below the the 17 points and we've had a few where brown has been a little bit banged up so still very confident on those guys heading into next season but what it really does is it like you mentioned wide receiver scoring uh you know at, if you're going zero rb or modified zero rb and you can stock up like we've talked about on many many shows those five or six guys in those opening seven or eight rounds get those stud wide receivers on your roster there's going to be an opportunity for that again because the wide receiver position and this is something we talked about sean in the the off season the wide receiver position isn't i wouldn't say it's, it's not deep but it's at that top end if you can stock up on those five or six guys you can you can really kind of outrun the field based on the, the production you get from those guys because you could easily have five or six of those guys that are averaging above 16 points per game on your roster and then that team is an absolute juggernaut for for your season so um out of those sean i don't know if we've kind of touched on a lot of it already but is there anything that you want to bring up out of the full season wide receiver points or well i think it's important to point out that Diggs did end up with this last game getting to around 21 points per game which starts to put you in the same category as some of these elite running backs right so you're not going to draft Diggs in the top five next season but he is going to deliver or has the potential to deliver some massive games but also a full season of big points we talk about what we're trying to do with your running back and we look at a little bit at the team that i drafted with blair and how that team that until the very end didn't really get huge running back performances now when we were talking about the top week 14 through week 16 scores it's kind of crazy to look down there and to see in terms of players who score 60 plus points or like 59.5 or above to include mckissick that he was kind of the last guy on that list and so having jd mckissick on the team having him cover over some of that that's crucial right you do need to get some of that scoring but at the same time we're in a situation where those wide receivers are really trying to carry us. And so we look at that team. We had Diggs, we had Ridley, we had Hopkins. So three top five guys there. The other situation, we had six players in the top 13 in terms of points per game when you add on Will Fuller, you add on A.J. Brown, and you add on Julio Jones. So Jones missing at the end. It'll be interesting to go back and look and see how many of those teams in the top 30 of the FFPC main event finals with just how high you had to score how many of them actually went through the entire playoffs not starting their first round pick once again it's not that you want to miss on your first round pick 
You can also make the claim based on this that, well, you know, if you use your first round pick on a running back, then you would have had all of those points in addition. But one of the things that we're trying to do is give ourselves a little bit of margin, right? Not have to be perfect, still have a team that can win a league and compete in a massive tournament, even if things don't go perfectly. Because we know that in any given season, to be perfect is difficult, right? If you can actually make a mistake or suffer a key injury and still be competitive, you have such a big edge on the rest of your team so that's one of the things that we're looking at there and one of the things that we're seeing is the wide receiver scoring will put you in the competition even with these big scores even in weeks and in seasons where someone like an alvin Kamara scores an insane number of points you can still be competitive the other thing kind of looking at this and it'll be interesting to see how it falls out through the regular season but wide receivers were so inexpensive stefan Diggs going in the sixth round some of these other guys like will fuller going in the sixth round calvin ridley going in that three four turn range and yet i don't get the impression even after the monster scores that we got here in week 16 and the good scoring we've got throughout the season that adp is going to change a ton i think it's going to change a little bit i think running backs especially the ones who are not elite players you look at some of the guys who are being drafted early last year like a david johnson a melvin gordon a todd Gurley, a Le'Veon bell you know it's not that those guys can't score well melvin gordon had a couple of good games down toward the end david johnson actually looked a little bit more like himself in week 16 scored some big points in week 15 and 16 but there are a lot of players in this range who are either unproven and i think drafters are going to have to take some big risks on the rookies from this class now i expect those rookies to get better i expect them to score a lot of points and be good players next season but there's no question that you're having to take a little bit of risk when you're drafting them against star wide receivers and then when you're looking at some of these guys who are being drafted purely on volume it'll be interesting to see where those guys go because how adp develops will tell us whether or not it's going to be extremely easy to replicate the 2020 results because we can again grab all of these star receivers or if it'll be slightly more difficult if we'll have to be you know even more accurate in terms of which receivers we get but i think it's going to stay the same i think that that owners will be able to do this same kind of thing again next season i i think they will be as well and i think it's one of those things sean by the time by the time we get to the draft and we get everything done and dusted i think it'll probably shuffle back to a little bit more wide receivers in that first round but i still think people are going to want to get their white running backs in the first and second round and stock up on those guys so i think we'll have those opportunities again and when we look through it as we mentioned uh, just some phenomenal talent in those first four or five rounds uh even a little bit deeper there'll be some of these guys who, who slip off a little bit and um, that we'll still be able to get like a digs there will be players like that uh, in next year's draft and we'll, we'll see how it falls with adp kind of come you know march april time and, and see how things shake out i know sean you had a, a question you wanted to link in with the topic based on your your recent dynasty rankings and, and where we should be taking digs so i'll let you take that one now yeah so i have the new dynasty rankings out just last week and i'll be doing another one again after this week obviously with the big scores and with the fantasy season ending we do have week 17 that will give us more information and these guys are still playing in reality formats and those results will mean something to us as we look to the 2021 season but with these big performances and with josh allen being a star now with the bills just how high column do we have to really look at digs because we know with these top wide receivers that it is very helpful to have that quarterback either a star quarterback or a very 
least a competent quarterback you look at some of the guys that we have ranked towards the top in a dk metcalf has russell wilson calvin ridley has matt ryan aj brown that one i think is is quite a bit more tenuous we can go back to him in a minute but tyreek hill has patrick mahomes Devonte adams has aaron Rodgers, uh, cd lamb and t higgins they have some of the quarterbacks there and dak prescott and then uh, hopefully joe burrow is able to come back from his injury and be the really ascending star that he looked like he was going to be deandre hopkins has kyler murray that one i'm a little bit more frustrated about again after this last week but michael thomas he's been in that situation where he has drew Brees. that one will be a very difficult question as we head into 2021 and see what the saints do but then stefan diggs i have at number 12 a little bit of that is just trying to hold my enthusiasm in check but when we see this game and we see this season where he's averaged 21 points he's up there you know above 20 he's got the young star quarterback and he's 27 years old right he just turned 27 he's about six months older than a Tyreek Hill for example when you're looking at Hill when you're maybe looking at Devontae Adams who do you prefer in that range we talk a lot on the show about how we want to be able to own these guys and then still sell them at their peak so if you're looking to 2021 Diggs is going to be 27 most of the year say okay we play him at 27 maybe we play him at 28 we flip him before that age 29 season even though we expect age 29 age 30 age 31 probably to go quite well for a receiver of his particular size profile and current production but we would try and get rid of him before he has one of those seasons where it would really plummet. Where do you like Diggs compared to these other sort of veteran stars? I think the rankings probably pretty fair overall. The one thing I would say is I pr- I, I might nudge him just ahead of Michael Thomas, and that's not a knock on Michael Thomas. Uh, but the the concern for me is is like if the, I've said this before, if this isn't Breeze's last season, I think next year is, and I think we've seen you know the drop off in him over the last two or three years has been quite significant and without him being on the field we've seen you know maybe maybe Taysom Hill will be able to you know to link up fine with Michael Thomas moving forward or maybe it will be Jameis Winston but I just have the the concern of the unknown with the quarterback situation there would probably nudge me uh digs just ahead of him and the reason for that is just you mentioned that Allen might be the best second best quarterback you know moving forward in the, in the NFL um and you know he is you know still ascending he can still get better we've seen him improve this year but there's a chance that that there's this fourth step on his progression as a thrower uh, I, I watched an interview of him a couple of weeks ago changed pretty much all of his mechanics uh you know spent a lot of money on researching his body and different biomechanic things and uh changed a huge amount of the the way he throws the ball so there, there could be another step there for him the thing i really like about Diggs as well is i know there's cole beasley i know there's john brown the number one wide receiver on that team is clearly Stefan Diggs. The that's going to be the way it's going to be moving forward. You, you mentioned Tyreek Hill. You know, I know Travis Kelsey's getting older, but he's going to be there for another two or three years. And it's there's an argument there: is Kelsey the number one target, or is it Hill? Whereas Diggs is going to have that consistent uh, volume coming his way. So the the two of those guys are very close for me, and I might actually nudge Diggs ahead of Hill. But I think the rankings that you have overall are are pretty fair. Um, there's not too many i love brant nayuk as much as as anybody again quarterback concerns there might nudge him down a little bit on this list but not too far i think overall it's it's very fair the one thing i'll say is Devonte adams is the the player in this list who people might think is quite a bit older than he is but like adams uh, turned 20 uh, 28 
on the 24th of December. So not a huge difference between him and some of the other guys in this list. He is younger than Hopkins as well. Um, so interesting there, like based on the performance, you know, with Rogers this season. But again, we'll see what happens with him long term. How many years does he see out in Green Bay? But, uh, you know, there's a couple of question marks just at different quarterback positions on this list. But I think Dig spot is, is pretty fair based on his ascension this 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 season but um i probably would have him and hill a little bit closer but i know what you're saying you, you don't want to push digs too high up based based on our own love of stefan digs yeah i i think it's tricky anytime that you know you can't be biased or you can't be unbiased about a player you've got to be skeptical of your own rankings at times it's nice in a situation like in 2020 where Diggs was essentially uh, discounted by three rounds and so you didn't have to really go into that and say well am I overdrafting him here do I have 100% ownership and is that going to be a problem 100% ownership for someone who's undervalued by three rounds is something where then if he gets hurt you just you know that's the way it goes similar to someone like a Will Fuller where if he gets hurt or in this case suspended you just sort of have to put up with it but you have to take discounts that are that massive it'll be a trickier question in 2021 because that same discount will not be there Diggs is going to go a lot lot earlier and so we'll have to answer the question you know just how high do we really want to pick him I think the point there with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey is a good one we saw in this game we saw in week 16 how when a team really works to take some of the receivers away Hill was limited a little bit in that very frustrating game for the Chiefs where they simply did not look good against the Falcons. Now, we know the Falcons have actually been a little bit of an underrated team. They've done some bizarre things where they've lost a lot of games they should have won. Probably actually one of the uh, better teams in the NFL despite their record. But Travis Kelsey is still getting the volume there. He is the star, right? He is the number one guy in Kansas City. So when you're the number two, even if you're a number two where there's not a lot of target volume to anyone else because it's really just centralized in those two guys this may be a little bit of a concern at the same time we've seen hill score even with kelsey in place if heaven forbid something happened to travis kelsey then the volume for hill would likely go so far through the roof that we'd be talking about him in that Devonte adams you know redraft kind of category so it, it can work both ways there but one of the things that we've consistently seen this season is even when teams try to take away stefan diggs his short area quick, quickness is so crazy his route running ability is so good and his ability to play all three levels to where he's going to get a lot of those one and two yard passes he does the intermediate routes probably better than any wide receiver in the nfl and then also one of the best vertical threats so you try and take away those and he just runs by you a player like that is difficult to scheme away and especially when the bills pass so much and he's the focal point of the offense so i think there is an argument here to put those guys up to put the veterans up above the young players the quarterbacks for the four young guys that i have at the top are not quite as strong and so again we're, we're sort of splitting hairs and a little bit of it too is, is preference in terms of roster construction just how young do you want to go but i don't think the owners can really make too big a mistake if they go after any of those players early next season with the wide receivers you can create that great foundation in dynasty and maybe chip away with some younger running backs as you build through so interesting questions as we get in the offseason we'll cover the our dynasty rankings dynasty team construction rookie rankings we have the dynasty command center rookie guy that's coming out the pre-sales on that have been breaking records a lot of enthusiasm and excitement already being generated by that publication curtis patrick obviously running that project i'm working on it with blair 
Travis May has his top 100 rookies. We're going to have profiles 100 players deep. It's going to be really, really exciting. We're hoping to have Stefan and Matt also working on that a little bit. So a lot of exciting things coming along in the dynasty category as we move into January, into February. You know, we, we're just a couple days or, or really a couple hours at this point past the end of the 2020 fantasy season and yet you know i i find my excitement for the off season really equals that and i'm, I'm excited to get into it yeah and a couple of people were you know concerned reaching out you know was the will the podcast go on in the off season what was our plans and it's not even something that me and sean have discussed that much yet but uh like this is the time of year where i think the the fun really begins i know we talk about every time is the most fun time but you know when you get those draft prospects and then you get you know your rookie drafts you get trade trading and dynasty i think this, this can be the the most fun time of the season i always love the off season for those sort of things so uh, we'll have more information on on thursday show about the off season schedule but um uh, looking to looking to keep things rolling here so might ease some of the listeners concern i was getting a couple of a couple of messages and on twitter a couple of private messages so uh the other thing sean mentioned is the draft guide make sure you're uh, signed up for that lots of great content going to be in that and if you haven't already got yourself a 10 percent discount of a road of his subscription you can do so by entering the code 2020 rv radio at checkout or by going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for further information that's going to do it for today's edition of the show drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already and we'll be back on thursday with another podcast for you my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and i'm joined as always by sean siegel check out his great work up on rotaviz.com and until we're back later in the week have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.